it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we do, talk about beer and the brewing industry and have a conversation with the people who make the industry what it is and see what we can learn from them. And this week, we catch up with Matt Hepburn and Kristen McGarry from Your Mates Brewing. Late last year, 2023 that is, given this is the first episode of 2024, and welcome back all, thank you for joining us. Anyway, Your Mates last year celebrated its 10th anniversary and it's been quite a ride for the business. Both Kristen and Matt are pretty open about the mistakes and learnings they had as the stereotypical two mates bonding over homebrew and starting in a very, very bootstrapped operation. However, they've also learned a lot, and a lot of that has come from seeking and taking advice from some industry leaders and others. I thought it would be worth checking in on the pair and seeing how things are going for them and your mate's brewery and what more they have learned as they celebrate the decade of mateship that is your mate's. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Matt Hepburn, Kristen McGarry, welcome to Beers of Conversation. Uh, third time, it's like definitely friends of the podcast. Long time listener, third time potter. <laughs> you have often sent me texts uh, after a podcast. Um, so you know, thank, thank you for listening. Top, thank you. Top five percent in Spotify uh, this year. Top two last year. So I've dropped the ball this year a bit. Clearly not <laughs> doing as much driving. <laughs> yeah, not as much as I used to. Yeah. <laughs> Which is again, like it's 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 interesting to hear where people uh, listen. So, uh, but anyway, uh, guys, um, thank you for, for for joining. Thank you for inviting me up. Uh, we are recording this at the you know, expanded uh, it, it, since the very first time we did this, nearly nearly five years ago. Uh, um, in the brewery just after you opened here and uh, you've expanded but also you're about to or have just celebrated 10 years yeah five years since opening the pub and 10 years this year since sitting down over a, a beer similar situation probably a little less gray hairs on the on the chest and on the chin and yeah 10 years this year which is um in dog years 35 years <laughs> in your mate's years like 100 years it feels oh, like it, one, well, one day it feels like 100 years, the next day it feels like only yesterday they were sitting on the couch saying, how hard could it be to start a brewery? We're sitting <laughs> on the couch again, here we are. <laughs> well, just because uh, I, I didn't get the chance to listen back to our very first uh, podcast, but from memory, you were flatmates. McGarry was a teacher or no, Matt was a teacher. No, I was a, I was a project manager project in construction. Manager. Yeah. And McGarry was you a teacher. Made a good teacher though. <laughs> I don't have the patience like you do, mate. I think your role now is more like a teacher there than a project manager. Yeah, I'd do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were um, we were friends of friends. I had a spare room, um, beach shack, um, just literally like 50 metres away from the cafe that um, Matt and Chaz from Off a Beach Brewing um, started their business out of. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we were... We were close neighbours and, um, yeah, Hep, Hep moved in and we, we very quickly um, hit it off well, over a love of beer. How long did we live together after that? I think we lived together... For the next five years, pretty much. Probably well, not out of necessity, but, yeah, from a weird situation of having a lot of business chats over beers and, and working together, it just seemed, seemed to make more sense. Working, living, running a business, 
um, and socialising together for a very long time. It really, <laughs> I mean, like, I know it sounds like it's probably marketing bullshit, but, like, this brewery is truly built over our our mateship. Um, oh, and, and it's, it's evolved as our friendship has evolved. And I was just thinking, given it was five years ago that we first spoke and you're now 10 years old, you know, I have to be honest, you know, I avoided when there were so many breweries that were opening, a couple of mates, dog, home mm. brew, having a bit of a story, and it was just such a trope. Um, mm. In the garage. Yeah. In the garage. Yeah, yeah. Not that there's absolutely anything wrong with breweries doing that, and there never was, but, you know, this podcast has pretensions of being a business podcast as much as it's a brewing podcast and what can we learn about the industry from the people that we speak to and, yeah you know when people jump in and you know maybe you'll agree with uh, this statement the first five years you did a lot of learning and uh probably didn't have too much to, to teach people uh except maybe mistakes is that a reasonable uh you're bang on we learned the hard and fast way and the expensive way um but because we had no money it was just an expense on our time so which was kind of the fun side of it as well with no low expectations and you know treating it as a hobby um we never you know in the in the early days never saw it as a as hey this is what we're going to build our life on but the dream was always there like imagine and um all in and which is why after five years when i remember you had a spot in caloundra uh like it was a little you took over a venue in Caloundra? No, it was just a just a shed. Oh, like shed, a sorry. 60 square metre shed just around the corner from our place. Yeah, it was our R&D ground, the small cold room, triple stacking kegs, test kegs, and we would um, have the pool table and test with the mates. So it was, was Nambour where we had the little venue. Yes. yes. I was going to say that, and even but even that, you know, humble is a very apt, you know, it was a very humble, it was a... A, a room under the, 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 the local nightclub pub. Yeah, commercial yeah. hotel. Yeah. Oh, mate, it hadn't been open in 30 years. <laughs> Cockroach Cemetery. And, and again, you know, if if we could give advice to, to ourselves back then, it'd be, hey, hold on a sec, guys. Is this the right decision? Because, um, but again, passion and... But you also didn't risk a lot, is, is my observation, that, you know, that the stuff that you did, you did it within your means. Yes. You, it was fueled by passion. Yeah. But you all also weren't chancing well, too much to lose i mean it was if it, it was didn't still, work out it was still pretty high risk for everything that like it was everything that we had in the world that went okay. into, yeah, fair, fair enough. Went yeah. into but we didn't have like we do now another 60 people and their families and their kind of livelihoods that are also um depending on the decisions and the risks that we take mm. um have influence on them it was just it was just the two of us you know it was mm. arguably it was harder work in terms of like grit and 90 hour weeks we were doing 90 hour weeks for years you know but and we didn't have kids we didn't have kids back then we didn't have a house mortgage you know we had two cars worth two thousand dollars collectively so it was you know again the make or break moments kind of went on for a a long time until it was the when we had that last podcast around shark tank uh, post shark tank and you know we're met up back up the guys and i'm like guys this is it's a good business plan steve backs obviously had new did about you do shark tank after you came here no or? so before are you so you're still up at nambour yeah 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 that when we mentioned I we had when that. we mentioned we had a second business on the shark tank they were like what the heck have you even seen this show before yeah, yeah. you don't have two businesses <laughs> no, you don't, yeah. shut that one down straight away yeah. focus on this one and it was okay. actually steve backs was like no they need to have a front you know there'd be yep. consumer facing to 
to build their profile up. So, um, and we, we actually, you know, quickly met, we're talking about advice and we got really good advice, valuable advice. You know, after three months, we caught up with Steve and, and uh, Glenn Richards for an hour. Half an hour goes in and go, yep, go hard, don't discount. You know, this is... Yep. This, um, raising a million dollars is going to be tough, but you need to, this is, you know, you need to put your put your line in the sand somewhere. And I said, Steve, you know, we, we're pitching, how many pitches do we do? Probably 20 plus pitches to VCs of 100 people to, you know, high net worth guys here on the sunny coast in Brisbane. And I remember the first time it, it got brought up, hey guys, what's your exit strategy? Mm. And, you know, obviously just grassroots, humble beginnings, we, we didn't, we didn't know what exit strategy was when we, we were, first heard it. <laughs> we were still work on an entry strategy. Yeah. <laughs> but well, funny hearing you talk about you know over the last ten years you now have kids. You're like you're both married and you have kids, and mm. that's one of the things that has come up a few times from passionate people who love beer, love making beer, love the idea of doing it professionally, and. You know, when you are single and young and you've got energy, you're willing to do the 90-hour weeks and you're willing to sort of make it your life. Mm. Um, but then when your priorities change, you know, when, when you have a wife who wants some time and particularly <laughs> when you've got children yeah. um, and you want time out of the business, um, that's one of the major things. Even before an exit strategy, having a growth strategy so you've got a life outside of the business for when that becomes relevant is, is a huge thing. At yeah. what point did you realize that that was something that you wanted to... Uh... It w- I guess when we... we I, I've known my partner for, for 10 years and Which she's... kind of first a brewery or the partner? <laughs> it's a good <laughs> yeah. one. I, I, I think that... I first met months, her at the brewery. Months apart, yeah, yeah. I reckon, yeah, if, okay. if anything, yeah. Yeah, we were friends for, for, for a number of years beforehand, so... Okay. She um she's seen it from from day dot and you know I I wouldn't imagine another person who's been would have stuck through 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 it with me because um it was you know some tough days tough weeks and tough years to get to where we are and um yeah it was the perception of kids you know it cha- as you know it mm. changes everything you know now it's I like to come home and spend time and have holidays and. You know, back in the back in the basement days, and when we first started this pub, there was wasn't a weekend where we had off. You know, I think we a New Year's Eve. We I remember saying because we were working in hospitality beforehand, we didn't have a New Year's off or Christmas for for nine years. I remember saying that, and you know, now that's all I can think about is is spending time with the family. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The whole business. I mean, like it's matured as as we've matured and as our priorities have have shifted we've we've tried to um yeah build that into into the business and the and the structure and and it's the same with our staff we don't you know there's there's some guys who work for us that they're they're down for they'll be they'll be here 90 hours a week if we if we'd let them but we go (laughs) hang on a second that's all well and good right now because you are single and you can do that and you want to do that but eventually you're going to get a partner you're going to get some kids and um this business can't be relying on you to, to, do those, to do those weird shifts and come in at all hours because because it's it's not sustainable mm. without going back over old ground you know you are now 10 years you've expanded um one of the things one of the conversations that we've had um casually since the last podcast was post-covid and it must have been about 18 months ago now where you'd announced plans for a major redevelopment 
um, mm. and it was going to see you open a whole new site. Um, did it involve shifting from here to the new site? So it was a big, significant cost. And then when we spoke about 18 months ago, you'd indicated that you'd had some advice and decided that, well, the place next door had opened up and you're going to really moderate your, ex- your rapid growth plans. Um, talk us, just, just talk us through the decision-making making that you had when you first decided you wanted to expand and you know, where you saw the business going um, and, and, and what led you to change. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was and still am looking after hospitality, the sales and marketing, and Christian looking after operations and finance. And the shed when we first went over to, I moved into 41 Tech, 1100 square meters, it's a big site. And um, quickly, as you expand, and we spoke about the um, the, the volume expansion in, through COVID in the in bottle shop space, and it it just shrunk really, really quickly. Just uh, again, we, we had that uh, quick chat off mic. So yeah. um, just what did you guys experience during COVID? Did you see a huge take up in, you know, demand for packaged? Mm, we did, we did. Um, but also off the other end, we've we got, um, obviously we've, got a hospitality venue so mm. our revenue dropped um immediately and we had a large number of staff um still working in that space we made a conscious decision to keep everyone on and keep everyone on full time because we knew we were still a bit, we'd only been open for 15 months mm. we it was again another make or break moment for for your mates um because we didn't have the cash cash reserves there to, for a rainy day and um you know this was a storm like as as um any kind of hospitality business is well aware of so yeah we were, we were fortunate because we had we had distribution um through through the nationals at that stage through queensland and we did see some we saw growth in that area but obviously off the back of that hospitality and draft on premise was um what's what's a good word to say it was yeah, it was. It wasn't a positive um, impact on the business in any means, and and just stressful. We're not one to play out scenarios for the worst case scenario, but also I was like, well, did we, if this happens again, what are we going to do? Because expansion is great for one, you know, pushing volume and revenue, but in the end, you need profitability in the business to survive. So, but what was your vision around growth? You know, you'd been open when COVID for fifteen months, as you said, when COVID yeah. uh, hit, um, but. Did you see, you know, my observation was that the economy was washed with cash, even mm. though people couldn't go to the pub. Yeah. The economy was washed with cash and we were seeing Harvey Norman making record profits and anything mm. about home entertainment. So we we did see a big swing towards bottle shops stocking, you know, huge ranges of, of beer. Did that benefit you and did you, you know, did that give you an optimistic view for what the world was going to be like once COVID left and that it would just keep growing it, that. it fueled our it fueled our year on year growth, which you know, looking at forecast mm. on a spreadsheet, you know, you look at that trajectory, you go, hey, this is this is great. We're you know, in five years' time, where the hell could we be, and and what what do the possibilities look like? And this is happening during a pan- global pandemic <laughs> yeah. when things should be terrible, and everyone was predicting terrible, but we're seeing growth. I, I think the the hospitality side really pulled us back. Mm. You know, we had McGarry's doing buddy DJ shifts on a Friday drive-through you know we, we dropped 65 yep. percent um and that was really that was our bread and butter we we, we grew up in hospital you know pouring beers and mm. it you know i guess probably emotionally hurt us just as much as financially 
Um, but then on the other end was this business and the brand side of, hey, there's no glass ceiling on the wholesale. Uh, sales were good. So, you know, let's, over the next two years, we, we grew um, incrementally quite considerably year on year. So, yeah, opportunity, obviously, um, and, and off good back of good growth, we did have those optimistic views of, well, shit, you know, we've got a, a great brand. It was getting voted in Gabs as a, as a popular product. Mm. And um, I think the, the next segment of that was, you know, expansion plans 2.0, where, where do we go and, and um, how big do we go? And that was, it yeah, was a big and, question. It was a big thinking, question. And thinking that we had to strike while the iron is hot as well and, mm. and make sure that we don't have those plans in place to kind of get to a position where we, we just couldn't execute in time uh, with such a highly competitive market. And um, it was about that time that, yeah, like it was, there were some big numbers that we're talking about, big investments. We're talking to developers all over the Sunshine Coast down in Brisbane. Yeah, talking to a lot of different people to find out where we were going. Yeah, and we kind of took a bit of a reality check and kind of said, like, what's what's going on here? Um, and connected up with a guy called Benny Summons, who... Um, Former CEO, general... Uh, no, Nick was general manager. He was... He was CEO. He was CEO, yeah. CEO of... CEO, uh, yeah, like Fermentum. sitting above yep. the... Sitting above the founders, which was, um, yeah, really intrigued us. We've always had the utmost respect for... Um, and he now Stone has Wood a team. personal management company. Like yeah, um, and it was just what? it was just after he'd left Stone and Wood, and he was in the early, the early, yeah. early days of building that kind of purpose. Purpose and flow is purpose it? Purpose and yep. flow is the name of the company. You can um, pay me for that plug later. <laughs> and and um and um yeah, it seemed. I mean, it seemed like a really good fit for us, like with his beer experience and and the fact that he was kind of doing that with founders of businesses. And so we went through a bit of a short course that was almost. He kind of built it for our situation. and um, I think we'd found this site though as well. But he'd asked you in that, he asked you some challenging, some questions that yeah. challenged you a little bit and you, because it, it sounded like seeing the growth on a spreadsheet, you know, like just the, and, and making assumptions that that would continue. Um, and then also, you know, the common, everyone in the brewing industry thought that growth was the goal what, what mm. was the ambition um and I, I, get, I get the feeling between those two things you'd sort of had very high vision but ben challenged that thinking a little bit i understand yeah i the one of the first questions was you know how big do you want to be and we'd found this site because christian had put a few scenarios together and we could you know pull out um you know 24 7 seven days a week 365 days a year we can do 10 million liters out of this wow that's you know some obviously the big guys like young henry's and burley they were hitting around those numbers and your mate's brewing company again optimistically through that throughout post-covid why can't we why couldn't we do those numbers and um again benny being the insightful person he is um said well there's, there's sheds next door you know why can't you move next door and, and do 20 million liters and that was that light bulb moment is, you know, okay, understanding where, where's the end? Where is that? Hey, what is the exit strategy, guys? Or what's the long-term plan? Mm. What does good look like? Um, you know, you've got families now where you've got, you know, relationships, uh, you know, outside of work. Um, and what does good look like? And like, you know, although it's been an awesome ride and we're, we're 
we absolutely have loved every moment of it. Like at that point in time, we were pretty frazzled. It had been coming oh, yeah. off some like serious growth and like although we had a, a bigger team behind us, like it was, it was still very, very stressful <laughs> um, as much as we wouldn't swap it for the world. Um, yeah, like it, it had been taking its toll and then to kind of look down the barrel of going, okay, let's do that times 20 <laughs> made us a little nervous and um and then we yeah kind of came to that realization of like okay well yeah what well where is that sweet spot um we don't know exactly where that is and when and we're not there right now but that's what we're searching for now so the the, the goal isn't 10 million liters it's somewhere no it's, it's not, not it's, saying you won't get it's there, sure but, five, yeah. like less than five million mm-hmm. and you know and you just look, are you happy to say where you are roughly now or yeah look we're over a million leaders projected mm-hmm. for this year um like just shy of a million last year financial year mm-hmm. um and again that's with the investment into the capacity we can we can double that without spending any more so um and that's still going one to two is not not an easy you know on an excel spreadsheet pretty easy but yeah, you know times one um, two <laughs> it's um yeah, that when you talk, when we we're talking to developers and they were looking at our brand and saying, "Hey, we can custom build a shed." You know, what do you need? You need four thousand square meters, eight thousand square meters. Like, you draw it up on a plan, that, but the rents there, you got to pay the rent, the outgoings, you know, the interest expense to produce a ten million liter a year facility, or we should just invest in it up front. And these were the conversations we we're having with other breweries and you know other people, and that's when I think it, was, it really was faith because mm-hmm. we didn't hunt for benny we kind of got connected out of a whim and on the journey i remember we did a just a really simple scenario it was eight things like debt you know revenue volume and profitability was there and um it got voted at one out of eight most important it was number eight the least important he's like guys what's what's profitability down here and i guess that was us just again naive kind of really you know i want to live we don't want to be the man. So I was like, well, we... Thinking you know, with your hearts rather than yeah, your, your business. Yeah, guys, profit is like prioritizing profit in our mind is like, that's what the big guys do. That's what is evil kind of companies do yeah, is they was prioritize the profit yeah. over everything. Mm. But, you know, we've definitely come to learn over the last few years is without profit, like we can't do the fun shit. We mm. can't reinvest in our staff. We can't improve yeah. our um, quality equipment and, and take people out on trips and things like that we can't we can't actually like if we're not prioritizing that and keeping a close eye on that then we don't have a business we can't tick our own personal buckets off mm. and we can't you know go on holidays and and that was that was a bit again big moments of fuck what well, you know why aren't we focusing on being profitable where we are and then this is the thing that we were in the in the dark about back in those or deluded about in those days is that like oh yeah yeah with scale profit will come Mm. Benny said, "No, you need to become profitable, and you need to scale that." That was again. I'm glad I let you finish that sentence because that's exactly part of the narrative. In fact, there were people writing blog posts about, you know, if you grow, you know, you become profitable, and that mm. if you scale, you become profitable. As if it's okay to lose money because one oh, yeah. day, just if you keep growing, I can tell you about economies of scale. All that we've gained from the economies of scale that we've got with this new facility here is that we've managed to bring our cost of goods back to what we were paying five years ago because all of the cost of goods have gone up yep. so much in the past five years that it's only just 
recouped that. Um, our our silo price for per kilo of malt is the is the same was was for the bags five years ago. Mm. So um, yeah, we definitely learned that you can't just rely on. Well, when we get bigger, yeah, we'll we'll get economies of scale and we'll be profitable. It'll be sweet. Mm. And that seemed to be the just the assumption that if you grew, you would one day become profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on that note, and, uh, you know, you guys have done an equity crowdfunding, which means that whilst you're still a private company, you have to be much more public in terms of, of what you report. So we've re- you've recently filed your um, annual report and finances with uh, ASIC. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, congratulations on jumping that low bar, <laughs> which uh, when, when a lot of, <laughs> a, a lot of uh, businesses don't. Um, but, yeah, as a result, we know that, you know, you're still not profitable um, for, for for the year. Um, I think, uh, d- despite you, like, you, you, yeah. you've grown like over overall. If you look, yeah, like bottom line profit. Yep. Um, depreciation. We had like four hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of depreciation last year. So that that kind of does fall fall in there. Um, of course, like yeah. EBITDA. In but that also cash. means the reason it's depreciating is because one day you're going to have to invest in that new brew house and things like that so. yeah 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 definitely so i mean like our cash profitability was positive um and we did grow that by 50 percent from the yep. from the okay. previous year so um the the ballsy um impacted that a little bit just with the cash burn of setting up a a new um business there um but yeah we're pretty we're pretty happy with the with the the revenue growth yep. and then the profitability growth from the fy22 to the fy23 um, results and yeah look forward to continuing to to focus on that and um, yeah continue to grow that again congratulations because uh, you, you've you've made a full presentation to your investors um, that, that that is available you're willing to share so you know you, you seem to be embracing that you know transparency um, how helpful was that equity crowdfund to, to, to the business because uh, I think you had the two and a half million in a day or it was Mm. Yeah, it, two and a half in an hour. In and, an hour, sorry. Yeah, and um, I mean, we, we you, you couldn't set a business up like this. Let's one, you had deep, deep pockets yourself personally. Two, um, some close mates who had deep, deep pockets. Um, we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to get to the stage we are. Mm. Um, and again, that was talking with Benny, um, looking at this site, and getting that perspective of what good looks like and actually building a business that you know has a opportunity to to scale but also has it has good economies of scale as well with growth without investing too much um that was it was a perfect time um yep it's a it's a big site now we, we've got room to to grow but it's not four thousand square meters like we were looking at you know two years ago two and a half years ago when we were first looking to expand so um, it, it's so important and again we're transparent because we've got friends we've got family who have invested in that round you know I, I think anyone who's not being transparent about their business activities is is just doing the industry and themselves such a big disservice because if you're like us you, your name's printed on on the business mm-hmm. and uh, sunny coast it's big, but it's an extremely small place when you're um, when you've grown up here. So you know, we want to make sure that our investors know just as much as we know, and we're we're planning, um, you know, to to be successful as as the biggest stakeholders in this business. Um, and and ten years in, we want to make sure it is has the utmost 
ability to to be successful and and to to one day be able to pay dividends to to my mum who you know should I invest and I go mum it's your money you can do what you like but this is um this is where we're at and and yeah we're you know we'd love to say it was um rosy cheeks and easy to get where we are but it's 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 a tough industry Mm -hmm. and it's a tough time to be in the industry and I think being transparent is all you can be and um, working as hard as possible and, and moving with the, the shifting sands is um, reality at the moment. But, I mean, most breweries that are your size, um, you know, even if they've done equity crowdfunding, they've taken on you know, other partners. And I think you've done some private um, equity raise you know, uh, beforehand. Yeah. Um, so, you, so there are you know, what you would call more sophisticated investors or more, you know, in, in involved in investors um did, did you have many in investors in the equity crowdfund that put in the maximum which i think is ten thousand dollars as a you know retail investor did, can you remember those i can't even remember the number but i wouldn't be able to no, knock uh, the number sorry. off the top of my head it's but, but not it was, really it was, relevant. there yeah. was definitely yeah. uh, it was probably five to ten okay that, so there that, were a couple yeah, there was okay. a few that did did that that amount yeah and then i imagine there would be you know a very long tail of people that have put in 250 or whatever the minimum is yeah, or 500 yeah. so averages, just love I the idea it's like 1100 investors averages out to be um about two thousand a bit over two thousand yeah. dollars each but like, that means yeah, that the, yeah, there would be people ones, who some smaller have ones, made yeah. the minimum who just love the idea of being an owner in a brewery mm. yeah um i mean one of the things that I see, uh, you know, when I observe equity crowdfunding is, you know, the people that have only put $250 in or $500 in aren't seen as being as important or, you know, as, you know, they're, they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're just in, they, they don't really matter compared to some of the more uh, invested people. You know, how, how do you guys approach um, your communication with the, your original significant investors and then some of your, your much smaller ones? Um, do, are they all treated the same? Are they all privy to the same reporting and information and, you know, uh, involvement in, in the, the business? Yeah, yeah, we, um, we've we got our original investor group. There's 13, um, 13 investment um, units and we we usually had a, an official AGM and, you know, and a lot of these guys are our mates and, and family. Mm. And um, this year we said, hey, look, we'll, we'll catch up with you guys, but it's only out of... Um, out of history we'll have a beer half an hour beforehand um, have a chat but you know the AGM is actually going to be held with everybody so this year we had invited the 1100 um, investors to the brewery um, how many came that could be a catering nightmare it's a bit of a slower year than, <laughs> than last year but yeah it was like it was a couple the hundred end, maybe. start of December I think in hindsight we'll probably be looking to have it in a quieter time of year a Um, a lot of people did complain that they were unavailable and away for it but yeah there's no like i guess there is like we have our agm we have our facebook group which is quite common obviously with 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 breweries that have crowdfunding team and and then the cake equity um shareholding communication system and i know essentially that no one's treated differently everyone we put a monthly a monthly newsletter up for the guys yep what's going on in the business it's the same newsletter that meeting that we have with all of our staff just to make again you know it's if you i think if you're investing in a business where we like to think it's one you're invested to as a financial you know hopefully make make some money out of it one day but two also a lot we we recognize a lot of people are here for the journey mm. and just to be in and, and and you know be involved so trying to make them as involved as we can and and, and make it fun 
Corny puts a bit bit of fun back into our, you know, we've got the Facebook page. Are you, are you in there? Did you invest, mate? I, I didn't get the chance because it, it went in and out. Like, I, I, <laughs> I do invest in a lot of them. I, I'll admit I've slowed down um, because I, I, I can't afford to, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, in, in invested. There have been so many. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't get the chance. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like even we're, we're, we're on tap at the line stand. It's a pub up in, um, Cooktown and they just got absolutely devastated with, um, with the floods that mm. just happened this last week. And I think I was up in the Dane tree and I sent you a photo, uh, maybe Kristen of, you know, standing behind somebody at the local, uh, shop that just, you know, opens the iron screen a couple of hours a day. And there was your mate's t-shirt in front of me. Nice. No way. Nice. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Someone, someone who's up there actually put it up on the Facebook, our, our owners um, club Facebook page, um, saying that they're up there helping out with the with the lions den who've just got yeah um, decimated by the mm. by the floods mm. and and um, hey you know put put the call out to us to to, to reach out and, and and that's just a it's just so many little brilliant things that have come from that community that yeah are just things we wouldn't have expected that have been a bonus from from that crowdfunding experience yeah mm. it's, it's been it's been an awesome experience and um yeah we're, we're we're eternally grateful to all the people who did invest and um yeah it's yeah we're hoping to to reward them in the future but it's also not again one of my criticisms and is that it's not free money it, some people seem to think it's free money and that they don't have to report they don't have are, are there any downsides to having to be open you know with things like your financials and stuff like that that you know any other business probably wouldn't have to be um you know if you could have gotten the money potentially like i spoke to a no names but spoke to someone who owns a brewery and he said yeah i invested to to get all your ip yeah and i I just laughed i said mate i could have called me up i would have answered any questions but um you know we're we talk about that, like obviously a lot of information goes out. We put that presentation together and there's yep. some, you know, some top level strategic elements to our business that we're working on. But also, good luck. Like yeah. if you, you know, Mate, it's Gordon, not- Gordon Ramsay uh, puts out cookbooks and it yeah. doesn't make you Gordon Ramsay just because you got the recipe. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. our business is our business. Every single business is is different. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you try and run yours like ours, it's probably not going to work. Mm-hmm. Just like if we try and run ours like someone else's, mm-hmm. um, we're we're def- we definitely never shy away from that. We try as much as we can to to offer that as well to anyone who does gives a call who's just started a brewery or is you know just just getting in in those first few frazzling um years because like jamie cook did the same for us like when we reached out to him and said um we're looking at expanding to a new site would you mind um if we came down and asked you a few questions about like what are the things that you guys learnt from from building mwillamba um and he put a calendar event to us that blocked out his whole day and he walked us around the site took us to the new byron site just sat there with us all day and like i was just like i couldn't believe that someone at that level had enough time to sit down with um a couple of blokes like us to even even just to block out his calendar like i just yeah uh, i hope to be able to hope to be able to help out um as much as we can in the future as well i think that's a and if we can get that message out even wider like reach out because I, we, we were talking that 
you said that before you know when you see other breweries going and doing this and going big and you know or maybe you know and that's that was their mindset for a while you know maybe we should be doing that well this is um, the, this is the best marketing channel to be marketing um if anyone wants to give us a call who's run the brewery because <laughs> that's the that's the 90 percent of the listeners on here yeah oh but you know i'd be happy to just give some quick advice you know and it's not it's advice that you haven't haven't had to invest and whether it's you know the hard and fast way of you know the wrong way um but yeah it's the like you said kind of the golden years of of starting a brewery and you know making 10 million liters it's just not a reality and that's what i I, I, anyone asks me how i'm thinking about opening a brewery i'm like mate if you want a better investment to put five million bucks in (laughs) i'll buy you a beer and tell you why you shouldn't because i don't think you should sure i've been doing that for eight years i'm sure you know i'm sure you know just as well matt is that no matter what if you tell someone not to start a brewery it's something that they're almost just they don't listen to the advice they mm. it's in them and they're going to do it they're going to do it and, and and yeah i mean you can't teach anybody else nobody else can benefit from your experiences um and there's something that's incredibly seductive about the thought of owning a brewery mm. and we're all arrogant enough to think that we're smarter than other people and that we can avoid the pitfalls so yeah. like, there's no yeah. criticism to doing it but and a, and a, a note on our like reach out to us we don't we don't know everything we, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't claim to be that smart but um we'll we'll tell you what we think and um you can do what we did and take everyone's advice and make your own decision yeah, yeah. well i just think that the one thing that the industry doesn't need more of is people telling you how awesome it is to uh, open a brewery and how easy it is and how much money you're going to make. So uh, mm. that's, yeah, that's been my... Well, sorry, I think everyone no. thinks I go fishing every weekend. And like, oh, I'm just going to be like, happen. He had to mention that. <laughs> I, 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 I did make that comment on the uh, podcast with uh, the heads of Noosa guys uh, when, when they were talking about it. But you, it is part of your brand and it is part of the, you know, the way that you present the, the, the business as well. So it's not always... On uh, Monday to Friday, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm here a lot of hours and... Um, we were yesterday. Well, I did go fishing yesterday, <laughs> but I'm also working over Christmas. So, you know what? Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, given that you are 10 years uh, you know, old and hearing, you know, those, those rough starts you know, in a shed and then, you know, cellar under a hotel, um, you know, as a couple of mates, you know, getting together, the benefit I'd imagine is you did have a, a runway where you could learn and fail, you know, not fail, fail, but you could make mistakes and none of them were critical none of them were were, were life-ending for the business um mm. but you, you had the the luxury of learning these days the sunshine coast is billed as australia's craft beer capital um you know proudly claiming to have more breweries per head of population than any you know anywhere else in australia um i'd imagine that it's a much you know, and some of your growth um targets may have been come from a time that you had the goal the, the sunshine coast almost exclusively to yourselves what are the pros and cons of being in such an exciting craft beer region where you've got the council behind it versus being one of what 22 breweries now with the 23rd Could be more one opened up on the weekend I, you, I was going to say you should probably know but i don't it's, well, you can't, can't, it's hard yeah. to keep count right um it is exciting i'm um I just jumped on a, a non-for-profit board and they're focusing the food and agribusiness and, you know, there's some really exciting things happening on the Sunshine Coast. Um, but also, it's a, you know, there's competitors around, but again, um, it's, 
you know, it, it, it's hard. There's there's breweries at different scales, and I think that's a great thing. You know, Matt and Shaz around the corner in the earlier days, like we weren't even aware they were opening a brewery, but now you know people argue, oh, you guys are around the corner, but it's also that they're, they're two different business models. They're that at different stages and different target markets, and mm. and we've got a great relationship with them. And some people struggle to understand how that's possible. But at the same time, you know. There's a finite, you know, the laws of physics define how much beer you can fit on the shelves of your local bottle shops. And there's only so many bottle shops that there are. Um, Taps have always been hard to come by because of tap contracts. Um, Whilst, you know, maybe your tap rooms have a different brand presence or whatever, that growth projections always came from wholesale. And I would imagine that that would be, you know, a very different market for you to play in than it was, you know, five years ago even, um, you know, and, and you know, is, is it still we're all mates right up until the knife fight in the bottle shop or, um, you know, how, how are you finding that competition versus the benefits of being in a, uh, you know, in, in an area that has a lot of excitement and support? We're still seeing a lot of growth. I think 65% of our sales are still from the sunny coast. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, that's grown quite a bit this year. Um, I think more people are still drinking craft. Um, but, yeah, we're excited about, to skip your, your question, What well, to answer your question, I think, unfortunately, there are going to be situations where some breweries won't see the volume realisation they might have expected um, because there's only, yeah, there, like you said, there's only a certain amount of taps and shelf spaces around, but... Mm. I mean that's that's kind of that's the harsh reality of business. Like, yep. um, you have to grow somewhere else to find that volume, and that's what that's what we're doing. But also trying to do it uh, profitably is um, really important as well. Um, you know, could we go and sell beer in Victoria and WA? Yeah. Can you make money doing that? We we're still uh, trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> and is it sustainable? Yeah, you know, like mentioning. You put a rep on out there and, and pay a trip, you know, triple figure salary, and if they leave next year, where where are you? Back, are you back at kind of square one. Mm. So um, we're, we're we're conscious of building our profile here, and we see, you know, Brisbane and the Gold Coast. They're only one and two hours away, and we still we see a lot of distribution opportunities. There's a lot of volume opportunities. You know, we just we just scored some big contracts with some big iconic. Um, you know, leisure and travel um, customers. So, you know, again, Queensland as a as a state, they're they're years behind New South Wales and you know the stadiums mm-hmm. supporting craft. We're not there yet. So there there is volume there to to, to play with. But what prof, what product are you putting out there to to you know to grab that volume? I mean, the heads of Noosa guys you mentioned them before, like. I think they did a brilliant job, you know, finding a niche in the market and, and really driving that hard. And I think um, that they will see benefits of that for years to come because, you know, there's no one else doing it and they're doubling down. So I think um, if, you, if you're if you naively going to play in the same space of I'm going to do a pale ale um, and, and attack after, you know, your mate's customers, like, good luck. You yep. know, you're going to be up against us. And, you know, that's it is what it is. I mean... We can't shy away with that and you can't that's reality unfortunately um if if i can add something on like the sunshine coast beer scene like i mean i'm just proud that we've been a part of building this 
super exciting, dynamic beer industry here on the Sunshine Coast. And although it's probably not as much as what it used to be, I think our part in that is still to continue to um, introduce people and grow the grow the craft beer market here on the coast and and get people to try their first pale ale and hopefully um, convert more people um, although yeah that's probably not happening as much as it used to I think that that opportunity still out there and um, just to make good beer and not necessarily call it craft I did hear a funny statement the other day though and and not to always believe your own bullshit so <laughs> um, you know we we it's a reality check like there's it's not just all growth and, and all volume and, you know, happy rays of sunshine. Like, it's, it's, it's hard work and more people are going to undoubtedly come, you know, see that dream of opening a brewery and, and come into the space. So, just got to keep on and driving driving your brand and, and driving the vision. And it's Have something that we've been... On. Yeah, we've always, always tried to just, you know, ignore what people are doing and you get sucked in. Well, that's it, hard. I mean, it it is it's hard. very hard. It is, it is. And, um, but also... Um, when we were down at the, um, what, the, what was it? The not the beeries, the uh, um, in the Gold Coast this year. Yeah, a brewcon, um, brewcon, IBA, yeah. It's um, I loved the individual's name who who opened it up. You know, Burn there's a lot, of, lot of negativity, and he was just from a macro level. You know, Australia. How would, well, good. It would have been amazing to hear that on the Sunshine Coast, looking at all of the data he provided about the Sunshine Coast yeah. as a lifestyle growth uh, yeah. area. Um, yeah. Last question, um, to coin a phrase, uh, very conscious of time. Um, <laughs> last question, uh, you know, 10 years on, what's next? What, you know, what fields and yet to conquer? Jeez. We've opened, well, we opened another venue last year and that, it, it sucked. A, That's the bolo? Yeah, the, yep. the bolo. Um, sucked some energy and resources, but absolutely brilliant. I mean, the next 10 years, I just asked McGarry the other day, when's my 10 year long service leave, mate? Do we, is that a thing? So well, I don't know. We're- yeah, the strange thing is in Employment Hero, which is like tracks everyone when they started work here, Matt started work here like six years before I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting on long yeah. service leave. You've got a, bit, um, a long way to go, mate. But yeah, we've got, we've got the, Bowls, uh, the Bowls Pub now. We've um, started a not-for-profit as well, the Mateship Foundation, which no doubt will be yeah, doing more work on that this year. And um, yeah, the next 10 years, just more of the same, just continuing to try and do what we do uh, well um, keep the blinkers on um, keep teaching um, and learning um, the the team we've got here is just like oh. one of the best things that we've we've achieved with this business you know gabs scores and 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 you know everything aside um, just the people who we've assembled uh, to help us we had three staff last week hit five years yeah, um, which been is working well, with us and insane. Yeah, and they've seen they've seen some shit. I never worked somewhere five years. Yeah, um, yeah and like and, and and having more of those five year um, celebrations and hopefully seeing those guys being here um, for the real long term. I mean, bi- business wise, we want to pay ourselves more, pay mm. dividends, pay our staff more. You know, brew better beer, brew more exciting beers. I mean, that's something that we haven't being able to do this you know this last 12 months focusing on scale it obviously when you focus on building volume in one product you, you kind of lose a fun side although we have a new beer every week in the tap room there's a difference than putting that wholesale mm. so yeah and 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 take take the get more people into to help run the business that are 
you know, have more experience than us. Keep celebrating the wins. Celebrating the wins, yeah. Find the sweet spot. <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff on for this <laughs> next 10 years, eh? This sounds like you've uh, had some coaching. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've, 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 you've had a couple of advisors in and you're, you're picking up some... We've got uh, all the acronyms, don't we? Well, not the acronyms, the, the sayings, yeah. The sayings, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, but it's sweet, yeah. More growing, or, like we've always tried to grow organically, but um, yeah, finding the sweet spot and, and really finding finding the balance, which is not easy. Yeah. Well, Matt Hepburn, Chris McGarry, thank you very much. Again, you know, uh, congratulations on 10 years and uh, thank you for uh, you know, a- another great chat talking all things uh, your mates. Cool. Thanks, Eves, Matt. Thanks, Matty. See, see you in 10 years. Cheers, mate. <laughs> and that was Matt Hepburn and Kristen McGarry. Don't forget, we'll be back this Thursday with our look at all of the news of the week. And there's been quite a lot of news while we've been on hiatus, so hopefully you will join us then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.